Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Going to preach to you a special message this morning called Positioned for Multiplication from Luke chapter 19. So as those buckets are going by and as you're giving, go ahead, take your Bibles and turn to Luke 19. You want to put a, one of your markers in there and hold that place. And uh, we'll get there as our main text. But I want to teach you something out of Daniel chapter 9 before we read our main text. In Daniel chapter 9, I, I, and I think I share this almost every Palm Sunday, and because it's so profound to me. I've heard people say, well, that's just a book. And uh, to quote Pastor Vince, if it's just a book, why do they want to not keep it out of, you know, schools and keep it out of the marketplace? It's not just a book. It's actually God's book. It's the Word of God. And things like I'm about to teach you uh, are evidence of that. So this is going to blow your mind if you're paying any attention at all. And it's a wonderful way to show to the naysayer and to those who don't understand that God's word is true and real and time-tested. Daniel chapter 9, the book of Daniel is a profound book that's relevant for the day and the hour in which we live. In Daniel chapter 9, what Daniel does under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is he sets a time clock for when the Messiah would be revealed. When the anointed one would be revealed. How many of you know who the anointed one is? It's Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the anointed one. And Daniel chapter 9 and verse 25, it says, Know and understand this. I want you to say that. Know and understand this. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until. So from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Now we know in history that this is in reference to Nehemiah chapter 2. So in Nehemiah chapter 2, the, the, the decree is released to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Okay? And so that's when we know the time clock starts. Until. That's the time period. So it starts when the issue of the decree in the book of Nehemiah had not happened at the time of this prophetic word, Daniel 9, verse 25. Until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens. Seven times seven is what? Forty-nine. Sixty-two sevens is 434. So he gives basically the time frame of how many years it will be from the moment the clock starts. The clock starts at Nehemiah 2 when the decree is given to rebuild Jerusalem. So it starts. You count those years ahead and it brings you to April 6, A.D. 32. Let me, let me back up and say the issuing of the decree from the king in Nehemiah 2 was given in 28th of March, 445 B.C. So you do the math, and it brings you to April 6, A.D. 32. You say, what's so significant about that? 
Stand upon your feet. Luke 9. You ready? Oh, my. Luke 9, verse 28. Luke 19, verse 28, we're going to read from. Luke 19. Luke, I am your father. Luke 19. Luke 1-9. One 1-9-er. One Luke 19. All right, we're okay. Verse 28. Luke 19, verse 28. When he had said this, he went on going ahead to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near Bethpage, Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you. And when you enter it, you'll find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it. Everybody say loose it. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why you're loosing it, thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he has said to them. But when they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? By the way, this will not work for ripping off a vehicle. Okay? You can't be quoting this scripture right here. Verse 34. And they said, the Lord has need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. And they threw their own clothes on the colt. And they set Jesus on him. And he, he went. Many spread their clothes on the road. Verse 37. And now as he was drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, a whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd and said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, if these should, not, if these should keep silent, the, strong, the stones would immediately cry out. And as he went near, he saw the city and he wept over it. Verse 42, everybody say verse 42. Luke 19, 42, saying, If you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make your peace, but now they've been hidden from your eyes. Verse 43, for the days will come upon you and your enemies will build an embankment around you. Surround you, close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. Not, they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Lord, move in power in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, back to Daniel 9. Do the math. Count it forward. It brings you to April 6, calendar adjustments on and on and on, brings you to April 6, AD 32, the very day, the very day that Josephus says Jesus rode in to Jerusalem on a donkey. So now you want to tell me how a prophetic word 500 years earlier comes to pass on the exact day when you do the math. It's because it's God's book. And you can go ahead and study that out and they're, 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 it'll show you. There, there's moments of profound significance in history. I sincerely believe that we are in a moment like that in our nation. I sincerely believe that we're in a moment like that in Israel. I believe that we're in a moment like that certainly in our lives. There's moments that are pregnant with revelation and purpose. And there's a group of people here that, that certainly understood, at least in portion, that this was the Messiah. You go to John 12, you'll see 
them waving around these palm fronds. And uh, palm fronds are a picture of revolution. And that comes from the Maccabees. Some of you know about the Maccabean Wars. They, they wave palm fronds as a picture of revolution. So in John 12, when they sing, they're singing Hosanna and they're waving palm trees. Palm, it's hard to wave a tree. That would be really, you'd be pretty murph to wave a whole tree. Palm fronds. They're, they're waving palm fronds. It's a picture of revolution. And what they were believing is, yeah, this is the Messiah. This is Mashiach. This is the anointed one. He's riding on a colt in, and they're waving these palm fronds. It's like, this is it. He's going to, he had just raised the dead. He just raised Lazarus from the grave in John 11. And so now he's riding in, and they believe fully he's just going to hammer Rome and establish his kingdom. Now, that wasn't the plan. He comes as a suffering servant of Isaiah 53. And then later, he's coming. He came as the lamb the first time. He's coming like the lion the second time. And he establishes his kingdom. But there are moments of tremendous significance. And this Jesus here in the text, he said, you did not know the day. It's in the Greek, it's specifically the exact day. It's not, you know, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. How many of you know that one? I will be, yeah, it's not like day after day. It is a specific day. Your 11-year-old birthday, your, when you had your sweet 16 party, the, the, the specific day, it'll never come again, a Kairos moment, Kairos time and destiny meeting. Jesus says, you didn't know the day. In other words, the day that Daniel talked about, that's what he's saying. Understand, clearly. And so, for application to us this afternoon, as we endeavor to learn to live the supernatural life of multiplication, because I'm telling you, God wants to multiply us. He wants to cause a great revival to ensue. But you and I have tremendous significance in those moments. And if we do not, if we're not aware of them, we could be like a Pharisee. And there are, there is a spirit of Pharisee is out there well doing well. There are people that are blind to, to the truth of the gospel. There are people that are oblivious to divine healing and even teach against it. And the Pharisees, they didn't know that this was the anointed one, the Messiah. Look at verse 29 and 30. So as we move through this text, these two disciples of Jesus he has a word of, word of knowledge. You, you see, all the gifts of the Spirit operate through the Lord. You can read how he would have supernatural wisdom. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's gift to God, but God's a supernatural gift of wisdom. He has a word of knowledge right here of how to fulfill, actually, Zechariah 9.9. Go ahead and put Zechariah 9.9 up if we can. Zechariah 9 in part, is a prophetic word. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle, riding on a donkey, on a colt. Now, I asked uh, Siri to define what a donkey is, so, so let's ask her. Siri, what is the definition of donkey? A domesticated hoofed mammal of the horse family with long ears and a braying call, used as a beast of burden, an ass. Okay. So, a donkey. We won't use the other word, but anyway, that foul mouthed Siri. You ever have that autocorrect, man? They can say some stuff up in there. 
these two disciples, welcome home, Bobby. (laughs) These two disciples are used by the Lord to fulfill Zechariah. Now, what does that mean? If I'm going to just give you a few points here this morning, you are significant to God, and you might not understand your role in history right now, but history books are waiting to be written about a people who would believe God. And Zechariah 9, these two disciples were just willing to obey the Lord. And you don't know what you're going to fulfill if you'll just obey Him, if you'll just trust Him, you'll just lean on Him and trust not on your own understanding. He will make your path straight. He'll do it for you, and sometimes it doesn't make sense, and your reason can be of guillotine to your faith. You can reason away. Listen, if you just think about the different steps that we've taken as a church, we shouldn't even, we shouldn't even be here but for God. All we do here and all I've endeavored to do and to teach you over the 13, almost 13 years here, pray and obey. Pray and obey. Do what? Pray and obey. And so when the Lord says go, you might not have a donkey, but he's going to provide you for, with one. I was going to rap, but I decided not to. <laughs> so say, I got a purpose. Yeah, you do. No one's insignificant. There are no insignificant people in the kingdom. None. Now, I love this. Now, my lovely wife is a bit of a, an equestrian. She grew up riding, 4-H, dressage, all of that stuff, Right? English riding, Western riding. Did you rope too? She's a cowgirl. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so, I don't think you rode broke, unbroke horses, right? Well, I had an Arabian. She had an Arabian, and like all Arabians are kind of hot-blooded and crazy. I remember seeing somebody, anybody ever gone to a rodeo? Okay, so if you, you know, you get on a green broke or unbroke horse, that thing's very possibly going to buck. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so this is a, this is a donkey. Donkeys are notoriously stubborn. No, notoriously, they got issues. No one's ever ridden on the donkey before, and yet Jesus, when he sits up on that thing, it has peace. You say, what does that mean? You might be like a donkey, but he can bring you peace and order to your life. Siri would use another word. He can bring order. So it really is supernatural as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Ruler, comes in fulfillment of Daniel 9 and fulfillment of Zechariah 9. He gets on a donkey and he rides in, but the donkey doesn't buck. The donkey doesn't do anything. It just, it just rides it. And, and I think that's kind of like us. I see ourselves as the donkey in this picture. Significant, fulfilling, prophetic word, but how how would it be if the donkey's like, thank you very much, as he walked in, everybody's cheering, waving palm fronds, the donkey's like, thank you, what's up, I'm just in for one night, just here, yeah, that's like a lot of ministry, people, I raised it, raised it dead, he raised it dead, but I mean, it's Jesus who gets all the glory, and if you ever try to take some, you donkey, But nevertheless, the Lord needed the donkey. And he needs you. He needs me. Now, understand. 
We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't, I don't want you to start thinking to yourself like you're a, a dirt bag needs to go in the back of your house and eat worms. That, 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 that's not it. But the Lord uses the likes of, of people. He, he uses us. It's amazing. Come on, say the Lord has need of me. Come on, say the Lord has need of me. Right. And as they're going in, they, they, this worship explodes. Again, John 12, you can see it. And it's a picture of how to praise God. And the picture is basically they're lifting, their, they're clapping their hands. They're dancing. That ought to mess up someone's theology up in here. They're dancing. Dancing in church. Not like this. Different kind of dancing. See, so what it look like? I have no idea. But Pastor Karen is a student of dance. You want to show us the kind of dance we're doing back? Okay, maybe later. Maybe in the third service. They're, they're clapping, they're dancing, and they have loud voices. Listen, when you get to heaven, if you don't like loud, exuberant praise, you're going to hate heaven. You'll hate it. Turn to somewhere in the Bible. Psalm 149. Their attitude is joy. Come on, some of you look like you baptized in lemon juice. Come on, you're at it. Listen, you get to, you don't have to go to church, you get to go. And our attitude will determine the altitude that you fly. In an airplane, I'm to understand that an attitude indicator determines your altitude. So if your attitude is stink, you're going to crash. You've got to have an attitude of gratitude. You have to have an attitude that's, that's up and joyful. Be joyful. Be filled with joy. Come on, God's working everything after the counsel of his will. Quit bellyaching. Quit murmuring. Quit complaining. Come on, and releasing a destroying angel according to 1 Corinthians 10.10. Speak life. Speak blessing. Oh, you might not have crossed into your promised land yet, but it's coming. You're on your way. God is working it out. Psalm 149 verse 6. Let the tehillah of God, the high praises of God, be in their mouths and a two-edged sword in their hand. High praises is not like this. I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. You know, that's not the way it is. What's up? That's not, that's, not, that's not worshiping, taking pictures, updating your Instagram. Come on. Hello. Worship. Come on. The, the, in Acts 2, it talks about a, a, this violent unity. It's one accord. The, the word there is homothomodon. It's violent unity. Homogenized milk. You don't understand? It's oneness, but it's a violent, red-hot oneness. If, if we could get that in worship, I'm just telling you, I mean, worship was wonderful, but sometimes people are thinking about their burnt toast. They're wondering about the guy that's come up on the stage. You know, they're, they're wondering about what happened. My God, full contact church, people falling out for the love of God. What is going on around here? As opposed to, as opposed to worshiping him with all their heart, with all their mind, their soul, and their strength. Come on, that's why he said Christianity is not a spectator sport. Because the moment somebody moves into a place of desiring to be delivered, they're like, It's all right. 
It's all right. The high praises of God is a unified everything you have. Lift your hands, lift your voice, everything you got, full voice, the high praises of God. Now look what the high praise, that's why I had you shout. Some of you didn't shout because you're like, he doesn't really mean that. But I actually did. Because I understand this. The high praises of God in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Listen, to execute vengeance on the nations. Now it's not talking about earthly, worldly nations and punishments on the people. It's talking about powers of darkness. Ephesians 6. Come on, we war not against flesh and blood. If some of you understood that your breakthrough was in your praise, you'd lift your voice and, and worship like you did. Ah! You'd lose your mind. But instead, that the enemy puts shame on people, tries to shut their mouth. And you know, that's why I said, you know, you gotta, be, you gotta be on fire, man. You gotta lift your voice. And that comes out of Revelation. I understand that. To bind their kings, verse 8, with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron. Listen to this. To execute on them the written judgment, this honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. When you lift your voice, it has power. It releases judgment on darkness. If you'll just go home in that place where it's oppressive, if, you, if you'll just, I've walked into hotel rooms, it was just like the devil was in the room. And that's when we just declare the glory of God and the praise of God and the authority over the enemy. Some of you need to rise up in your God-given blood-bought right and push back darkness and begin to lift your voice because you're the redeemed of the Lord. He's given you his word. He's given you his name. You're going to make it. You need to lift your voice and declare it. You need to speak life even though it feels like it's death. You need to praise him. Ah! <laughs> yes! Yes! Somebody stand on their feet and shout and clap to God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes. You've got authority. You have power. All right, sit down. And that's how they're praising God when Jesus is riding in on the donkey. And, the, and, and then the... The Pharisees are like, tell your disciples to shut up. Isn't that just like Satan? Satan will try to get you to shut up. And that's what the Pharisees did. It's a picture of Satan trying to stop your praise. Because if Satan can stop your worship and stop your praise, then he's shut down Psalm 149. And I just took a snapshot at it. There's so much more. So much. And so... You know, he'll have people, you know, into your life that'll be like, what do you go to that church for? What do you guys are? I mean, we had a family walk in. God bless them. It was the most freaked out I've ever seen anybody come into the church. Now they came in and I, you know, mid second or third song, the place was electric. I mean like power. And they walked in and they all clinged to each other and came to the side of the, 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 side of the main entrance there into the sanctuary Eyes like this. And they're like, ah. And I reach out. It's okay. I said, it's okay. You've come to the right place, you know. <laughs> Pharisees, the uh, spirit of the Pharisees, it's really a picture of Satan. We did, we, we did have somebody 
It was a number of years ago. We did have somebody who, who came and said, you know, I can't go to your church. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, but there's a lot of other good churches in town, and maybe I can help you find the, the, the right fit for you. He said, yeah, I can't go here. I said, okay, well, what, what, what kind of church are you looking for? And they said, well, you guys are, like, way too extra. <laughs> you guys are like, it's just, and then he just goes, it's too much joy. And I, I almost laughed, and I was just like, I wanted to say sorry, but I mean, I ain't going to say sorry. Joy is a, is a product of having Jesus enthroned in your heart. Come on, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When they returned from Zion, they, they laughed. Their, their mouths were filled with laughter. He sits enthroned and laughs in Zion. At his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Yes, joy. I got joy like a fountain. I got joy like a fountain. I got a fountain. It's running through my veins. I got peace like a river. I got This is the mayor of Palmer. this place. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. How's everything going in Palmer? Wonderful. (laughs) Come on, Pastor Karen. We're sorry it's not more depressed here. (laughs) Come into church with your lip hanging so stinking low you can suck marbles out of a gopher hole. (laughs) Be free! Be healed! It's okay to be happy! The mortuary's down the street! The church is a place of life! Lift your voice and shout to God! Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. All right. Couple more things to say. Don't harden your heart. You're going to be positioned for breakthrough, you're going to be positioned to multiply. You've got to understand the hour and the day in which we live and your role in it. God ain't just going to come and do it for you. You have to partner with God, co-labor with him. You have to agree. God won't do your part. You can't do his part. You do your part, and he does his part. The Pharisees had hardened their hearts. They had lost power. Look at verse 43. Man. 
Verse 43, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. They'll not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Understand very plain and clear that blessing and judgment are both in the hand of the gospel. That's why when Jesus said it, he sent them by two by two, they went before his face into every place that he would then go. He comes, if you come to a house, he says, and you speak peace and a man of peace is there, let your peace remain on it. But if they do not receive you, shake the dust of the sandals off of your, take the dust of the feet off of your sandals and move on for it'd be worse to them. He pronounces judgment on those who don't actually receive the good news of Jesus. That's what, that's what happened. In this text, it actually comes to fulfillment 40 years later, a Roman general by the name of Titus. 40 years later, comes. And they weren't supposed to, but they burned down the temple. It was so hot that the gold of the temple, this is history now, you can go study it. The gold of the temple melted and ran into all the stones in the temple. So when the Romans understood, the Roman guards in their greed understood what had happened, they began to basically break up all the stones of the temple to get the gold, and this came to fruition. Now I'm going to tell you, in the day of visitation, which I believe they were in, never before in all of history has God's word run as swiftly as it is now. More people are being healed. More people are being saved. I don't care what CNN says. I heard report from HNN, Hell News Network. The demons are leaving Wasilla at an unprecedented rate. I heard the demons are fleeing out of America. I heard, come on, I've already defunded Planned Parenthood. I defunded them already. Come on, come on, we defunded them already. Not going to support abortion and all that. Can't do it, won't do it. Can't, won't. It's a higher law, a higher court at work. We will stand. And if it means death, so be it. God has got a great plan for us in America. God's got a great plan for you. You have to understand the day and the hour in which you live. And you, and you have a role in it. So Jesus weeps over them because they did not understand the day. They did not know. They did not discern the day that it was. The day, Daniel 9. They didn't get it. I believe the same is true today. They miss their time, and you can miss yours. I've seen people miss it. I've grieved as a pastor watching people throw away their destiny and purpose for a roll in the hay. I've seen people throw it away for greed, for money. I've seen people throw it away for, for power. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. You need to live holy. You need to live right. And I'm going to tell you, the rewards of holiness far exceed. Far exceed anything your flesh could ever get. They were blind spiritually. Don't you be blind. I don't want to be blind. You got to stay open to receiving from the Lord. And certain ones you can see that just by the grace of God... Nicodemus and other ones, these scales would lift them from their eyes and they would say, wait a second, could this be the one? Could this be the Messiah? People are coming to Christ at an unprecedented rate. We're believing for a thousand souls. We're a little bit short, but we have a week to go. 850 to date. 850. Come on, somebody. Hey.
Say, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I'm counting all the ones that John's doing up there. Why not? We sent them out. Come on, thank you, Jesus. We'll go ahead and count that. We had 15 people led to, 15, 13, 13, 13 people led to Christ on Thursday through an evangelistic team going out. Going to give you an opportunity to get right with God in a few moments. There really is a moment of visitation. There really is a place of positioning yourself to receive the blessing of God. Or you can harden your heart like the Pharisees did and, 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 and reason away and question away and go, oh, that's just crazy. And then you can end up in crazy yourself. You know, this build an embankment around you is a picture to me also of denominations. Every denomination, nearly everyone, was birthed in the fire. You never want to get so intelligent that you make all kinds of structures and everything, and then there's no fire. They were, they were blind. Stay open to receive. Everybody say, I'm going to stay open to receive from the Lord. The result of, of missing your moment, your time, is catastrophically bad. Brother Toby, don't, don't, don't miss it. Don't miss your time. Don't fool. Don't fool with sin. Don't, God's not winking at your stuff. He's calling you. He's calling you. You said that's heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. A number of years ago, we had a couple in our church. And uh, things weren't going well. They had separated. The Lord is trying to put them back together and heal them. And uh, some guy ended up connecting with this lady, and they ended up together. Though she's still married. She had once served the Lord. She was still married. She ended up with this guy, and then he gave his heart to Jesus. Now they're coming to church, and they want to meet with me. Great. So we meet. While, I'm, while we're meeting in my office, I said, now, What's happened with your, your husband? Oh, I, I don't like him anymore. I said, okay. So you're still married? Oh, yeah, still married. I said, so you're still married, but you guys are living together. Yeah. I said, okay, that's not right. And so I explained to them lovingly, tried to help them. I don't know, a few months goes by. They get touched by the Lord again. They, they come into my office. They say, you know, we want to get married. Are you, are you still married, though, right? You're still married? Yeah, yeah. But before the Lord, I said, stop. I said, you need to do this right. And dude, you're with another man's wife, so you need to stop it. And he said, well, the Lord knows my heart. I said, yep, it's deceitfully wicked above all else, says Jeremiah. And you're just trying to rationalize your sins. So if you really want this to work, you have to stop doing what you're doing. And then what happened, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Then what happened is like the power of God rolled into my office. The fear of the Lord rolled into the office. They're weeping. I'm weeping, and it's like, don't move too quick because you might just go off to Jesus. Listen, Ananias and Sapphira, that's New Testament. And the Lord don't do, oh yeah, you read your Bible, man. I, so I heard these words come out of my mouth. You know, the Lord says he's giving you one more chance. And if you continue, because they knew better, it's different if you don't know. Okay, if you don't know, well, now you know, because I told you, now you're accountable, amen. You're like, oh, snap, I knew I should have just watched on the, because you can turn me off right now. All you Facebookers. 
They knew, they knew through scripture and through counsel, they understood what they were doing is wrong. And they continued on. So this word comes, if you don't turn, then you're going to be disciplined. And I, I went on and on, and it was terrifying. It was a terrifying moment. I'm weeping. And they get up. And this has happened, this has happened a handful of times in my 20-something years of pastoring. We get up. I said, I pray for him. I said, now, come on now. Come on. I said, okay, pastor. Well, we didn't see him in church for a while. You know, shock, shock. Don't want to see the bald head guy praying judgment on you. I wasn't praying judgment. I was just saying, you know, you, you bring judgment yourself through your own actions. Hello. Well, it was not even but three months later that, and I wish this on no one. There he was in the bathroom, 30 years old. Bam, dead, heart attack. Said all that, that, that wasn't the Lord. Listen, listen, God is loving, kind, compassionate, and merciful. But if you continue to do the things that he says are wrong, do you think he's like, ah, it's all good? No, those are the things that crucified his son. So, I mean, just let's get real. Might be causing my church to shrink, but I'm just telling you, I'm gonna speak the truth. And if it upsets you, I'm just trying to get you free. I'm trying to get you on fire. I'm telling you, God's got great things for you. There are moments that we can miss that bring God's best and bring His peace. And if you don't take those, then you can experience great loss. We should probably do a recommitment to Christ right now. Bump your neighbor and say, man, it's so good to be in Kings. Praise the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. All across, I'll do it. Every, every eye closed all across this place. If you're not right with God, don't you stay in that condition. God wants to bless you. God wants to multiply you. God wants to help you. God wants to heal you. But you have, listen, you, if you love me, you obey my word. Plain, simple. I don't know how, he's got a prescribed way of loving him. And that he wants to release blessing on your life. But we can be blind. Has anybody been blind in their life before? I have plenty of times. I pray if there's anything else that I'm blind about, God, open my eyes. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Listen, that's a great prayer. It's hard to know what you don't know. This moment that we're in in our nation, this moment that we're in in the state of Alaska is the greatest revival and outpouring that we have ever seen. The fullness of the Gentiles, I believe, it will bring and, and God will then come and throw his long Galilean leg and ride on out of heaven to pick us up. And I'm telling you, you can miss it. Once saved, we're always saved, aren't we, Pastor? Well, if that was the case, if that was the case, why, why, does, it, why does he say that, you know, they departed from the faith? talks about Hymenaeus and these different ones that brought this gangrenous teaching. That sloppy, a sloppy agape, a false grace, a hyper-Calvinistic message that's killing people. You're forgiven not because you asked for forgiveness. You're forgiven because Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave. That's, that's how you and I are forgiven. Departing from the faith. If I'm depart Wasilla to go to Anchorage, I left Wasilla. See to it that none of you at Hebrews has a sinful, unbelieving heart and turns from the Lord. In other words, if you've turned from the Lord, then you're not, you're not with Him anymore. And let me ask you this, while I'm bringing this to a close. 
There is what is called the apostasy, the great falling away. Now, how can you, you, you can't have a great falling away unless there's a great ingathering. And what actually is a falling away? Listen, don't, don't swallow that, Mickey. It says you just, oh, you can do whatever you want to, because that ain't even true. All right, I'll close. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with Jesus. You want to get right with him for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment because you know you drifted. You know you've drifted. You're not as on fire as you used to be, if that's you. Or perhaps you just want to be assured of your salvation, those online, those under the sound of my voice, those on the podcast, web stream, Facebook. There is a place called hell, and it's to be shunned, and the only way you can shun it is by receiving the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus, believing on him. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus or recommit or you just want to be assured. Intercessors praying. You say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. On the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Slip your hand up high. God bless you all the way in the back. Son, son, I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise your hand high over on this side. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. Stand up on your feet all across this place. I'm out of time, but I will lead you now in this prayer. Come on, right out loud. Say with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, right out loud all across this place, those online, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, and we'll all affirm our faith as well. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven. That's where your help comes from. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Help us. Fill us with your Spirit. Break off every bondage, every assignment of darkness. Release your power upon us. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. And a voice to proclaim the glory of God. That we would be discerning, knowing the times and the seasons like the sons of Issachar. We would know the times and the seasons in which we live. And we would not be passed up. Don't pass us by. May we be mightily used by you and sensitive to the hour in which we live. I charge this company of people to fulfill their purpose and destiny, to bring the gospel of the kingdom everywhere they go, and to fulfill your glorious plan that you have for each and every person here, each and every family here. We thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.